You're now listening to Sanity at the Movies. Before we get going, I do need to do today's Patron Choice Award of Awesomeness, the PCAA. And so I am going to do that right now. This, of course, is part of the show where I choose a patron who gives at the amount that I can do this and say how awesome they are. So, Seth, you are awesome. You're cool. You're handsome. I like you. You're great. I love you, Seth. You're now listening to Sanity at the Movies, Guardians of the Galaxy edition. I guess, even though we're not actually technically going to review Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, it's been a couple years since I've watched Guardians of the Galaxy. I think I watched about half of it maybe half a year ago, but it has been a little while. Pretty familiar with those movies, though. Yeah. Most Marvel movies. By the way, folks, you just have to get us to, I think thousand bucks a month on our patreon yeah, yeah. it's not that far away yeah it's not, no it's really not but we'd love to talk about the marvel movies in great depth that's not however the primary reason that we're here today but first let me introduce us my name is nathan that's jake he's a pastor and we are going to be talking as we do about movies and specifically today about oh what would you say jake the the Guardians of the Galaxy-ification of discourse, maybe? Yeah, sure. We're going to connect. Here's what we're going to do, quite frankly. We're going to connect Guardians of the Galaxy to the... Current political, cultural, climate, and context, and yeah, all that jazz. Exactly. Everything from, what are they calling it, CHOP now? or CHOP, uh, Chaz, Black Lives Matter... All the social unrest and upheaval that's been going on these last few weeks. Yep. We're going to connect all of that to Guardians of the Galaxy, and you're going to be glad we did. Yep. So Now, we've done this many times before. Right. Yeah. You've, you've probably heard this shtick if you're a longtime listener. But it's very much an I told you so kind of shtick mm-hmm. at this point, and it's why we have to pay attention to the movies we are watching both what they're saying about us as a culture and what they're, what they're creating us yeah. and creating yeah. inculcating in us. Yeah. So let me start by telling a story that some of you may have heard me say before on various podcasts. I don't think actually on this one, I think we've talked more about this actually over on San- sound of sanity. Uh, specifically, if you listen to our Nazi vegetables episode, I think we cover a lot of the same material, but I remember sitting in a theater and watching guardians of the galaxy part two opening weekend surrounded by 10 and 11 year olds and lots of parents with their kids. And I really like guardians of the galaxy. The first one, I really like guardians of the galaxy too. I'd say pound for pound. They're some of the most quality Marvel movies out there, just in terms of a real filmmaker with a real vision, making an interesting movie and maybe having something to say, having a real visual style. They're really interesting movies and they're a breath of fresh air compared to a lot of the Marvel stuff, which I like, but can be awfully cookie cutter after a while. Mm -hmm. So I like those movies. That being said, I remember sitting in the theater and I remember several things. The first thing that I remember is that the Guardians of the Galaxy steals some, I think Rocket or I think it's Rocket steals like a power cell or something from those yellow people, the Mm -hmm. race of dignified yellow people. And, And the dignified people in yellow clothes send their rocket ships to kill the guardians and rocket gets on his little gun and he says i'm gonna kill some guys 
or something like that. And I just thought, huh, that's kind of uh, an interesting sentiment. I know, I know the Guardians are like, their brand is that they're beautifully broken, but generally speaking, we don't have the heroes of movies that of where the audience is full of children just saying, I have bloodlust. I have bloodlust. Yeah, I'm angry and grumpy right now because of things that I'm going through internally that the movie's set up. And so I'm going to get that out by killing people, killing people, by ending human life um, or whatever these creatures are. You know what I mean? By ending sentient life, whatever you want to say. We'll call it human life. How about that? Because <laughs> that's how it's portrayed in the movie. Turns out it doesn't really he doesn't actually kill anybody because it's robot ships or something like that. Mm-hmm. But then later you have the scene where some uh, what are those bad guys called? Um, the Ravagers? The Ravagers sneak up on Rocket in the woods and he plants all these booby traps. And then he just starts wasting these guys and it's played for comedy and it's got probably like fun music behind it. And these guys are just like going flying up in the air and stepping on things and logs are coming down on them and things are blowing up. And the movie's not doing anything to dispel the notion that lots of people are dying. You know, we're not getting the standard, like, Iron Man accidentally blew up a plane, but we're going to see the guy parachute just because we know Iron Man can't accidentally kill somebody, you know, or the bad boys are going to be driving down the highway and cars are going to be flipping, but we're going to get shots of, you know, cops crawling out of the cars or the hot dog vendor jumping out of the way just to remind us, like, in this fantasy world... You know, hundreds of people aren't dying as our heroes are recklessly endangering human life. It's just fun. And don't think about it too hard. You got stuff like that. Guardians of the Galaxy seems to be going out of its way in these scenes not to do (laughs) that kind of thing. Like, eh, they probably died. We can only assume they died. So you have that whole scene. And then you finally have the scene... That really made me kind of sick, which is the Ravagers have been really mean to Rocket and to Baby Groot, Groot, and they've been pouring beer on Baby Groot, and they're just portrayed as disgusting thugs. And then finally, the tables turn, Yondu gets back his little arrow, whistle arrow thing, and we have this long scene set to a pop song where, in slow motion, this arrow is just going through guys and impaling them. Meanwhile, Rocket and Baby Groot are killing the crap out of people too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rocket's shooting people. Baby Groot is running. And uh, baby, there's one guy that was like particularly mean to Baby Groot. So Baby Groot grabs him and throws him off a ledge or something like that. And he just goes falling. And it, it just felt like, look, We've all watched hundreds of movies where good guys are wantonly wasting bad guys left and right. You know, you watch a Star Wars movie and they're just mowing down those stormtroopers. But somehow, this just felt different. And I began to feel really bad about being in a room with kids who were watching this stuff. It just felt like, wow, this is really mean-spirited and violent. And we're not going out of our way to make it seem like our heroes had their backs up against the wall or like they had to do this or like it was a battle or was in any way more than one-sided. It's just like our heroes suddenly got, our heroes, quote unquote, suddenly got the power. The tables turned in their favor. They had the advantage and so. They had the advantage and so. instead and that's of, all they were waiting for. That's all they were waiting for. And once they had that, 
they You're just going to gleefully gleefully slaughtered these people and the movie has stacked the deck against these bad guys by just showing them as jerks they pour beer on adorable little baby Groot they kill you know Yondo's guys they send them into space but even then somehow it feels bad to me because of the wantonness and the glee and I just started thinking about this and I went back and kind of watched didn't kind of. I went back and I watched the original Guardians, and it has a lot of stuff like that too, where the prison keeper guys were really mean to us, and now we're going to get the advantage, and we are going to just slaughter them. You know, Peter Quill is going to sneak up behind the guy who stole his headphones and just smash him over the head with something that looks like he didn't probably survive that. And it's supposed to be fun, and it's supposed to be cool, and it's supposed to be what a person would do who's a cool person in a situation like that. And I tried to put my finger on, it's, it's not really all that easy to put your finger on, or it wasn't for me, why that bothered me, because it doesn't seem all that different from Luke Skywalker just killing stormtroopers or from this or that. And so I think I talked to Jake, we've talked about it on some podcasts, we've kind of talked around it a lot. What I realized and what we realized made us feel bad about that was that it sets up this narrative where it's not about morality. Like in a Star Wars movie, it is in fact about- It is actual war. It is war. And it is actual good guys versus actual bad guys. And it's at the end of the day, Guardians of the Galaxy, as much as it pays lip service to it being about good guys and bad guys, it's not really about the fact that the Ravagers are bad guys because everybody in that universe is a bad guy. You know, it's just, it's about the fact that they personally offended us. It's about the fact that they're not for us. They're against us. It's about the fact that they are the other and they are therefore demonized and dismissed as worthy of not just being slaughtered, but as worthy of being slaughtered for fun and for personal growth. Basically, yeah. there's nothing fun about killing stormtroopers. Stormtroopers are blowing up planets. Right. You have to stop them from annihilating entire planets, entire civilizations. Right. And some Jedi or some Star Wars heroes might be more ruthless in doing that. But everybody's playing by the same rules. Like we understand, the stormtroopers understand that there are good guys out there that might kill them. And the good guys understand there are stormtroopers out. And that's. That's just what happens. It feels like a a wartime scenario. When John Wayne kills a guy in an old John Wayne movie, oftentimes it's because there's some kind of a personal thing. He's the, you know, the Indian chief that stole Natalie Wood and the searchers or something like that. You know, there'll there'll be a personal vendetta a lot of times. But it'll always feel like somehow John Wayne, in fact, is operating within the confines of law and order and for law and order like well he's got a code and that code is different than anybody else right right but he follows it and he follows that code the only code that you see in the guardians is us first yeah us and them everything's bifurcated in those movies you were either one of the beautiful broken people that we're meant to identify with as an audience you're one of the guardians you don't do all that much different from anybody else you rob you steal, you plunder, you kill. But your family and you're sympathetic because you were hurt in a certain way that's understandable or something like that. And the audience is supposed to understand that you're sympathetic. 
over and against that, we have people who don't seem to deserve the same a right to life or a light a right to much of anything. We just have the others, and they can be killed and slaughtered and taken out as you see fit because they're not us. They're them. Once you begin to notice that, you begin to see it in all kinds of modern action movie contexts, particularly. When you try to... So these movies, they, they make a show of trying to say the morality here and the morality in war and the morality everywhere is really gray mm-hmm. and it's really complicated. And so then what they try to do is to to pull away the really bifurcated black versus white, good versus evil. But then all you're left with, if you remove an objective standard of morality being the motivating issue and say that that's trite and an oversimplification, is just... These are the people that I like and these are people that I don't. Yeah. And if I don't like them, then I can do whatever I want to them. And, it can, and I don't have to feel any weight about what happens to them or about the choices that I make. I really can be Rocket Raccoon and just kill people because I woke up on the wrong side of the bed and it would feel really nice to do that right now. It doesn't have to rise to the level, rise to a level that's any more meaningful than that. I'm deeply insecure about being loved. And so I'm just going to put on a shell of anger. and Mm -hmm. And what these movies inevitably do is because they don't actually believe in any kind of traditional morality, because we can't, we can't just say this guy is bad because he is a bank robber who has broken the law. And so John Wayne as an agent of the law must shoot him. And John Wayne has been given the sword by the government, which has been given it by God. And so he must now go shoot this guy. And that's how. Cause we all fundamentally understand at the end of the day that the rule of law is right. Mm-hmm. And if there's a problem in these movies, it is not, it is that the rule of law doesn't exist. Right. And you have these agents of order out there that are essentially operating to establish or in place of, or because of the lack of the rule of law that we all understand is the right mm-hmm. way for things to be. Well, in these movies, there's no. There's no ordering principle like that at all. Yeah, there's there's no assumption that the rule of law is right and necessary and good. But it's an action movie, so we need action. We like to see violence. We like to see people kill other people. And so instead of just saying, well, those under the rule of law, those guys are the bad guys, and so John Wayne is now going to shoot them, and we are going to have our fun action movie, what you have to do is somehow demonize the other people strip them of their humanity. And so in a Guardians of the Galaxy type context, you'll just make them jerks that pour beer on baby Groot. Yeah, and in the context of Indiana Jones, you'll take the cheap cop out of saying they're Nazis. They're just Nazis. Indiana Jones doesn't have to consider whether America is actually at war with the Nazis or not at the moment. He doesn't have to consider anything. They're Nazis. Mm -hmm. Therefore... Or frankly, and... You know, I, it'll be interesting to see if Indiana Jones gets reevaluated under the new rules of political correctness. Frankly, they're just other. They, it's it's yeah. just an Arab swordsman. I can shoot him. I mean, who cares yeah. about him? Oh, they're just Aborigines yeah. in the in the jungle. Yeah. What does it matter? Like, they're not me. Yep. They're other. So it'll make them other, or, or it'll demonize them. another movie scene that really bothered me, and it's a wicked movie anyway. But Kingsman. The original Kingsman movie has a scene where Colin Firth is in a church 
and the movie, and I've talked about this before, but the movie goes to great pains to show because what's going to happen in the plot is that these people are going to be be possessed by like a crazy drug or something, and they're all going to go nuts and turn into murderous psychopaths. Like they're going to lose their minds. They're going to run at Colin Firth and try and kill him, and he's going to have to kill all them. And it's just a church full of families. So what you're going to get is this really grisly action scene where Colin Firth's killing housewives and people like that as they go crazy and grab axes and come after him. But in order to justify that scene, like if if we just had an innocent church full of people go psycho, we wouldn't really be able to enjoy Colin Firth just dispatching them dispassionately. Yeah, we would need we would need there to be a way of neutralizing them without killing them. Right. But but what we want is to do a really grisly set piece because I don't know, as filmmakers, we're sick, I think. And wicked. Like it's just there's there's no two ways about it. We want to say she had our bloodlust. And so we have to, but the problem is most people identify and feel uh, empathy for a church full of people. And so we need to somehow make them the other. We need to demonize them. We need to strip them of their humanity. And what the movie does is really cheap. It has the pastor giving a horrible racist sermon and it puts it in the South and gives everybody a Southern accent and makes everybody kind of low class. And just has the, the, I don't remember whether it's all racism or whether there's also some sexism, but it just makes these people into conservative boogeymen, you mm-hmm. know, into racist, sexist, redneck stereotypes. Yep. And the movie goes out of its way to give you a couple minutes of, you know, the pastor just the spittle on his mouth saying horrible, what the movie thinks are horrible things. I'm sure some of them are, but it's a total red herring, right? And I felt personally insulted by it like wow this is what they think of us and this is what they are banking on people fantasize this is what they fantasize about doing to us and what they're banking on right people fantasizing they think this is going to be cathartic for a whole lot of people yeah and so you and and they knew that if they just showed a church full of average midwestern kind of people like you jake or me people would have innate empathy for us and see us as the complex interesting sinful but if we can give it southern acts, give them southern accents and dial it up just a little bit, then we can make them into a boogeyman, into a. Uh, they're Nazis. They're racists. They're once we've hit the label that we can use. Now Colin Firth can just kill them in the scene. Oh, they're racists. Yeah. Okay, let's kill them. Right. So what this does then is it teaches us that if some... if we can label somebody as other, mm-hmm. and that other is. And other that we have already dehumanized and constructed a, a dehumanizing, a whole bunch of dehumanizing traits to. Mm-hmm. Once we slap the label on you, it's over, you're other, and you can die. Right. And we can kill you with as little compunction as we want, with as much joy as we want. Like, we don't have to make any serious decisions about whether what what you deserve or what might be just because or law what might be good. or rule of law doesn't come into play. No, that's just a construct. Like it's it's nothing. Are you a statist? Mm-hmm. Are you a racist? Are you a somethingist? Then you know. And here's my personal standard of what that means and everything that goes along with it. And now, boom, it's over. Yeah, you've been defined as the other, and therefore, you're worthy of extermination. This is just. This is a lot of the anarchy that's happening in our society right now. And it is, it is in fact what the Nazis did. 
Yeah, it's it is proto fascist, <laughs> and that's the it's irony. Exactly what it is. It's so ironic. Yeah, we are going to cho- turn the Jews into monsters, and then we are, and we are going to turn the homosexual. We're going to turn giant swaths of our population into the other, demonize the other, and then exterminate it. Yep, and pin all of our problems, personal problems and societal problems, on this other, mm-hmm. and say if we had only could only just be rid of this other then, you know, all our problems would go away. And that's that's just what's happening. Yeah. You see, and, but- and the fact is that it's such a polarized, you know, part of the problem is where the difficulty or the who knows where this is going to end mm-hmm. is Jews in Germany were a very small, easily disempowered minority. Mm-hmm. Southerners are not. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Texans are not. No. Right. Um, and I don't know. It's just, it's headed in some wild what directions. But what scares me is that that mindset of the other mm-hmm. really is characteristic of lots of people on both sides of this. Right. Where you can't even try to stand in a complex middle. No, you can't. And it, that's because, you know, the instant that you say, Yes, Black Lives Matter, but Black Lives Matter. I'm not such a big fan of Black Lives Matter, the organization. Then you're a racist, unless you adopt the whole party line. The instant that you say, yes, statism is a problem Mm -hmm. and government overreach is a problem, but there's a legitimate time, uh, use of our civil government, and there's a legitimate time to submit to our civil government. Mm -hmm. Well, you try to parse that and you're a statist. Right. Right. You go, you turn around and you say, I am not with the Black Lives Matter crowd, but I do believe that Black Lives Matter. Well, now you're anti-police. Mm-hmm. Like everything is just like, how quickly can I characterize you as other mm-hmm. and demonize you unless you follow and tow my party line? Yeah. I mean, the, the, the place that where it feels especially arrogant and wrongheaded to me is in the way we turn complex historical events and people into other like all the statues that have been pulled down it's like george washington did own slaves that's not a good thing about george washington is it possible that it was a little bit more complicated to that is it possible that some of our founding fathers and some of the people that wrote the constitution and some of the people around the time of the civil war that just weren't straight vehement abolitionists had complex ideas about how to solve a really complicated problem that Western civilization had gotten itself into. George Washington took great pains, if my memory serves me, to make sure that his slaves would be freed. And he was against slavery, just to take one random example, because I just saw something about another Washington monument going down and somebody saying that Washington State needs to be renamed. George Washington found himself with a complex problem and didn't seek an easy solution and didn't have an easy solution and had to think about things like what suddenly freeing all the slaves would do to the economy and how the Southern states would feel about that. Abraham Lincoln, like him or love him, never would have become president if he had run on a straight abolished abolitionist platform right abraham you can you can begrudge and dislike abraham lincoln's pragmatism but the fact is without pragmatism the job never would have gotten done 
and so not to turn this into a a racism podcast or anything like that, but it's just like these people occupied complex, interesting, tragic places in history. Many of them. Well, and it is that understanding of historical perspective that brings perspective to Mm. all of this stuff. Like, man, we live in some pretty amazing times in terms of prosperity and liberty. Just if you're looking at it all historically Mm -hmm. and it has taken a long time for the world to get to the place where it is. The way that you, not to be a progressive, but the way that you make progress Mm -hmm. is you stand on the shoulders of the men who've gone before you. Western civilization is built on the wisdom of honoring your fathers, Mm -hmm. not rejecting them. And so building on the accumulated wisdom and work of the men who've gone before us, and further working to establish the rule of law mm-hmm. in our little corner of the world. And so to come to the place where we're as prosperous, as peaceful, mm-hmm. as free as any society known in the history of the world and say, and therefore we're going to abolish the rule of law because <laughs> it's not, not good enough. That's just as backwards as as it can possibly be. Mm-hmm. Historically speaking, like, I'm sorry, but Judeo-Christianity came along, changed the Western civilization. We actually kind of, uh, we dealt with the chattel slavery problem. It took the world a few thousand years, but now it's something that exists in like backwater third world countries. And like, we worry about like white slavers and yeah, those things are evil, but. It exists where the West has not, yeah. Exerted its, it exists where Christa, Christendom has not been. So let's bring it back to uh, enjoying movies like Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. Because here's the thing that we've been saying and trying to say in our time doing these kinds of pop culture movie podcasts, mm. which is the entertainment and art that you consume reflects the world that you live in and is teaching and instructing you about how you're to live in this world. The world also reflects the art that it consumes. Yeah. When you go and you think, and you sit in a crowded movie theater watching a Guardians of the Galaxy movie, Mm -hmm. and you think, yeah, this is cathartic. Yeah, wouldn't it be nice if everybody who just wasn't me Mm -hmm. (laughs) didn't didn't have, wouldn't it be nice to be empowered Mm -hmm. to just rid the world rid my life, rid the space around my life of the people that just aren't me, aren't my family, don't get it, don't get my brokenness, don't get my pain, don't get my problems, don't get where I'm coming from. Mm -hmm. You're in a theater full of 100, 200, 300 other people who all feel the same way. Right. But if you are a Christian, you are their other. Mm -hmm. And that should scare you, should scare you. What we don't need and what we don't want is entertainment that teaches us and invalidates us in setting aside any kind of objective moral standard, any kind of rule of law, and just makes us feel validated. My family, my people, right? Take the world, and you don't you don't want to make the mistake of liking it when it's on your side. Don't go and 
say, well, Guardians of the Galaxy is bad because obviously it's a progressive liberal fantasy where we're portraying all the conservatives as jerks and we're just killing them. But Or Kingsman. Or Kingsman. Yeah, Kingsman would be the better example. That's bad. But, you know, this other thing over here, uh, I don't know, John Wick <laughs> is good because it's a much more macho conservative fantasy about the same thing about a guy who kills hippies basically <laughs> you know like the bad guys in that are going to be more like gangsters and hippies and you know the kinds of people that Effeminate conservative losers are going to be sitting around playing video games right and and conservative people can get a real kick out of i mean what were all the dirty harry movies in the 70s but like this is what we think about black people this is what we think about crime on the streets this is what we think about the new liberal ideas and Clint Eastwood's just going to shoot it all and we're going to eat our popcorn and enjoy it. But I think the thing that we've said over and over again about all this stuff is it doesn't matter if the mob is on your side, you don't empower the mob because once you've empowered the mob, then you don't have law and order protecting you and the mob can come for you. At the end of the day, it has to be about, get this, honoring the God that made the universe, mm-hmm. honoring the God who has established a moral law, mm-hmm. who's established a code, who established justice, and has determined and weighed it all in the balance, and has commanded us to do likewise, and to exercise justice and to love mercy. That's it. Freedom is, a society is only as free as it embraces the rule of law. Mm-hmm. And outside of that, things get very they get terrifying really quickly for everybody and it doesn't matter which side of the mob you're on because you can be team mob but you better understand that vengeance is the lord's and he will repay well great example of that that's happened within a few weeks of us recording this you have jk rowling who you know she's recently come out with stories of how she was abused and how she became a hardcore third wave, fourth wave, whatever it is, feminist. And you couldn't get that much more woke than what J.K. Rowling thought she was. But now the woke mom hates J.K. Rowling. She doesn't correspond to exactly one of their values. She does correspond to all their other values. And suddenly- She's out. She's out. She's the enemy. She's the other. And that's when you want some standard Besides the mob, because the mob can be fickle and it can change its mind quickly. And the mob's out to lynch just about anybody that doesn't agree with it. Mm-hmm. That's why I don't have any patience for people who say, well, yeah, the anarchy's bad, but they've got a point. It's like, I don't care if they have a point. The anarchy's the problem. The anarchy's the problem. The point was never the problem. It's not about the point. It's about when people take the law into their own hands. That's bad in and of itself, and it only leads to more violence and more anarchy. (sighs) So I guess you can never enjoy Guardians of the Galaxy or watch any movies that aren't old John Wayne movies where good guys wear white hats and bad guys wear black hats and... Bad kids get spankings. Bad kids get spankings. Or bad wives in that case. Yeah, bad. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) 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 Well, no, actually, uh, that's not what we're saying. Actually, John, that that's it's funny that you should bring up McClintock because I think that's actually an example of John Wayne was already playing with the idea 
that it's fun to just be your own law and order. I mean, John John Wayne, he's a contrast to Guardians of the Galaxy because they're so much more nihilistic in the way that they do their version of this mentality. But if you watch John Wayne, like he takes the law into his hands all the time. I mean, what's the fun of John Wayne spanking his wife if not, well, I'm just going to get the job done. It doesn't really matter what's right, what's what's right or what's wrong, but I'm John Wayne. I can get the job done in five minutes. Takes the rest of you poor husbands your whole life you have to like have a relationship with your wife (laughs) talk to her process things i have a relationship with this with this stick right (laughs) exactly (laughs) that's all i need that's all i need problem solved so john wayne i mean i just watched one the other day it's called the sons of katie elder and the whole the whole movie is like some of the guys killed mr elder and sent mrs elder to an early grave and they're all the woman, you know, John Wayne, you can't take it into your own hands. You can't get revenge. And then at the end, he's just like, I think I will now. And then he (laughs) kills the bad guy. So it's not like, it's not like all the old things were good and all the new things were bad. The point is watch with discernment and don't let your kids, especially be inculcated with wicked values. And trace the decline, right? Why does John Wayne taking it into his own hands? lead to Guardians of the Galaxy. Well, it starts with, in a cosmic sense, that guy had what was coming to him. Right. Right? And and it was objectively true. Well, John Wayne movies are always going to pay 100% more lip service to Law and Order than, so in some sense, it starts with a lot more hypocrisy and a lot more lip service and a lot more finagling of the line. You know, like, well, that, you know, we're going to deputize John Wayne for two seconds before he goes and gets his personal cathartic revenge. Yeah. You know. So now it's technically above board. It's technically above board and. More or less. And the movie felt the need to do that. Like, actually, you know, where, you know, you could argue in some sense Guardians is being more honest. And then it's like, well, actually, what we've always liked is just to fulfill our bloodlust and kill the people we don't like. But that's where I want to say, you know. Sometimes a little hypocrisy is nice. Like hypocrisy is the tribute that vice pays to virtue. Yeah, like a society that has no hypocrisy is a society that has no virtue. Right. And movies And so that whole stupid idiotic faux Christian mentality of let's just be honest about Let's be honest and let's get rid of the hypocrisy as a fundamental understand misunderstanding of the place of hypocrisy. In a culture, a, a culture that has hypocrisy is a culture that has a strong sense of moral virtue. Mm-hmm. You're always going to have vice. The question is, is vice allowed to run free or is vice forced to masquerade? Right. And you, and so what you want is to live in a society where vice is forced to masquerade. Oh, so Jake's in favor of hypocrisy. As, no. Not in favor of hypocrisy. I'm in favor of moral virtue, which means that. I'm in favor of moral virtue putting pressure on vice to be hypocritical or to change rather than stepping back and letting vice run rampant. Right. You watch an old John Wayne movie and they understand that people have a set of real moral standards and that in order to get to the part where John Wayne shoots the bad guy, which we all enjoy, you have to go through some hoops. And that's actually a good thing Yep, and a helpful thing. And you can make fun of the hoops and you can see where the hoops are false and where they're stretching things and where they're setting up plot points just to... But the hoops testify to the reality of the virtue. Mm -hmm, Exactly. 
the, the hoops don't make the vice into a virtue. Right. Which is exactly what, when you say, let's not be hypocrites, let's let vice run wild, that's exactly what happens, mm-hmm. is the Guardians movies just turn the vice into the virtue. Right, exactly. Well, that's the other, that's maybe the final thing worth saying, which is, we're not saying you can't tell stories of people who have dubious relationships to morality. You just have to say that that's what you're doing. If, yeah. if James Gunn wants to tell a story about broken people who are lawless, I think there's a place to tell that kind of a broken story. Broken people who are essentially lawless, who still find a way through their brokenness and lawlessness to do something good is even an okay story. Yeah, I, I don't mind any of that. And it is, in fact, what makes the Guardians movies work to the extent that they do. But you have to acknowledge what you're doing morally. You have to pay, you have to testify to God's law, which means at a certain point, one way or another, Peter Quill and his friends either stop wantonly killing people or you make them pay a price, which Guardians will never do. It'll pay lip service to it. You know, they'll get in trouble. And that's why the Guardians movies were so refreshing to people is Mm -hmm. because they were untethered from the sense of being in a world inhabited by people, by the rule of law, by a Captain America and an Iron Man. Mm-hmm. They couldn't escape that. They turned you know, the Guardians, Wild West, Frontier, and they said we could let it all run wild. Mm-hmm. And it was refreshing, but Captain America was refreshing too. Yeah. Before he became untethered from his morality. But yep. we've talked about that before. We'll talk about it again when you get us to the right price on Patreon so we can do it. Start to cover Marvel. Okay. I said one last thing. Here's my other one last thing, which is I just happen to be one of the people, one of the helpers with our, our youth group here at church. And I think for teenagers, especially the world and their own narcissistic teenage sensibilities are telling them that they are the only thing that matters, that it is them and that everything else is, Against them. Against them, yep. And that's not just propaganda. That is, there is a ton of propaganda to that effect, but it's also just how you feel when you're so wrapped up with your hormones, with the things that are happening. You become intensely self-focused and everything become, tends to become the other. And you just, in some good sense and in many bad senses, can't help but be a very selfish person when you're a teenager. And man, they don't need Guardians of the Galaxy validating nope. that. I'm, I'm not saying... Don't let your kid, kids watch Marvel movies. You have to make your own decisions about that. This podcast is descriptive, not prescriptive necessarily. You negotiate that with your teenagers. But I would be very careful about what you allow to be validated by the entertainment choices in your home. Because I will go so far. Well, I will say that the Guardians movies are off limits in my home. Mm-hmm. They just are. And it's for these reasons and more. I mean, yeah, they're also they're also really sexually sexual, transgressive. And yeah, yeah, they're just gross. Yeah, the um, humor is they just they're pushing the bounds. Yeah, and I, I said James Gunn was very talented. You know, the most talented of the Marvel directors. He's also the sickest of them. I mean, he got himself fired for a little while because he's gross. He's a pervert. So this by no means is this podcast a recommendation of the Guardians movies. In case you thought. It was. I'm pretty careful about that. Like, for me, honestly, like, I don't want to watch too many movies like that. I just, I'm really tempted to hate people who aren't like me to to feel like an outsider, to feel 
you know, I'd have a chip on my shoulder about authority figures, about all kinds of people. I don't need movies validating that or making me feel good about about being the one person who gets it mm-hmm. and look down on everyone else who's stupid and, and, and doesn't get it. Like, I just, I don't need a, di- a steady diet of that. Yep. So be careful with this stuff. All right. Anything else to say? I don't think so. I don't think so either. Till next time, folks. Or no, 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 no. Uh, I should say that this show is produced by me, executive produced by Jake and me. Lots more discussion behind the magical bonus wall over at patreon.com forward slash sanity at the movies. And until next time. I'm working on it. I mean, all these quotes are gross. If we wanted to really bring the hammer of justice down, I guess you could just say you were going to do a quote, but you scrolled through and they were all all gross. Yeah. You should say that and then say some really inane quote that. We are Groot. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, honestly, I did just look through, I don't know how many quotes from that movie and not a single one of them except for we are Groot had uh, could I say because it was it had it was just all crap well that kind of says it all folks uh we are Groot we are Groot we are Groot